0: Welcome to FranCoach's Franchising 101 podcast series. Here, we talk about all things franchising. What is it all about? Is it for you? How do you
1: find the best one to own? And so much more. Now your host, Tim Parmeter. Hello, everyone, and thanks again for tuning in to the latest edition of FranCoach's Franchising 101 series. I am Tim Parmeter, founder and CEO and your Franchising 101 podcast host. Today, we have uh, one of our franchise partners joining us today. Um, And again, technically not just one. uh, This guest is the founder of one of the really big and upcoming groups of franchises. Um, So we're excited to talk to him about their brands, but also all the different advantages of being in a fantastic group like this. Uh, But before we get started, um, quick reminder of who we are and Frank Coach is a national search firm dedicated to working with individuals like yourself who are interested in owning a franchise. We're partnered with well over 600 of the top franchisors in the country, and that spans nearly in 70 industries. Our goal is to help clients find the absolute best franchise for them to own, and the goal of the Franchisee 101 podcast is to help educate you on all aspects of franchise ownership. Uh, so that's us now let's get to the good stuff uh, and again uh, this this gentleman has been in franchising for a long time he's a founding partner of horsepower brands of franchises mr zach butler zach thanks for joining us today
0: hey thanks tim it's great to be here uh
1: we pre- we appreciate it and excited to to talk to you and and uh learn definitely about horsepower and all of the uh the amazing brands you've got going and all the stuff behind the scenes but um, we care about that, but we care more about the people around here. And I love hearing the stories of how people got into franchising. I know you've been in it a while, but what give us a give us a little scoop on Zach before we get into uh, before we get into horsepower?
0: Yeah, uh, uh, for sure. I, I know my background in franchising, you know, is somewhat unique. Uh, I've sat in almost every seat possible. I've been a part time associate at a franchise, the GM of a franchise a franchisee, multi-unit franchisee, failed franchisee. I've done franchise development, consulted, and now franchisor. And I think when I look back, I got my start with a company called Complete Nutrition. And Complete Nutrition was a supplement store similar to like a GNC. And the background on that concept was the gentleman that founded it owned the top grossing GNCs in the country and left there to start his own. and when he first opened, uh, a few weeks in, I was walking by the store, and as a, a freshman in college, I was 18 years old, I walked in and got a part-time job, and two weeks later, everybody in the, in the store quit, and I became the manager by default. And looking back on that, you know, I really wasn't uh, the best student and didn't like going to school, and one thing led to another. Uh, I, I ended up taking that one location out of the five corporate stores and built up to the top-performing location. And I was far younger than the other GMs, so I was always kind of the runt of the litter. But I, I worked hard and I did some things that were a little bit different. And I uh, always try to do things with the end in mind when you look at making ethical decisions. Uh, well, they began to franchise. And during that process, I was a part of the, the Franchise Advisory Board in which we were building out the franchise. So I got to be a part of that at a young age and then realized that I wanted to be a franchisee. So I convinced the founder to, cap, to co-sign an SBA loan and here I went to move to Tallahassee, Florida, where I didn't know a soul, and I opened up my first franchise right before my 21st birthday. And looking back, what a leap that was, but I was extremely excited. And the first year was a rocket ship, uh, 1.3 million first year open, made a ton of money. And uh, over the next about two years, I opened up six more locations. And looking back, you know, I was in my early 20s, no business acumen just great at finding people and great at training sales process and built that up to about an $8 million business. And then lo and behold, what we finally realized is that your new customer base uh, starts to run out in the weight loss sector. Uh, if it works, they quit buying it. If it doesn't work, they quit buying it. And Amazon came in, bodybuilding.com came in and really flipped that business on its head. And I was personally guaranteed on 10 or something on, on seven different leases for 10 years. I, I'm just, I was a young kid. I just, I'd signed the paperwork, didn't even look at it. And so I had filed bankruptcy, lost everything, started over. And at that time, there was a franchisee who had around 10 locations that I convinced to, to give me uh, equity in future locations, but I had to do it with a $23,000 salary. So I said, I'll work for this, but I want equity and future growth. And we took that from 10 locations to 68 locations in three years and built that up to a $40 million, uh, uh, $40 million business. And so we were really a franchisor inside of a franchise. You know, we owned 35% of the system at that time. Well, I ended up selling my equity there and I got into franchise development. And my uh, role was to really help emerging brands grow. And the first brand that I worked on was my my now business partner, Josh Skolnick. It was his first brand, Monster Tree Service. And I really believe that there are certain people that you're destined to meet and work with. And that was Josh and I, I think we've talked every day for six years. And we had a lot of success with that. Then we, then we got into Redbox Plus, which is a Portable restroom franchise that we built out, and we were very fortunate to sell both of those concepts to private equity, and that led us down the path to really start our own portfolio company. You know, we were we had built two franchise brands, and we wanted to take that same approach of, or we built two franchise brands and ended up selling them to portfolio companies, and we thought, well, you know, we've now built two brands out with success. Why don't we become a portfolio company? So we started building emerging franchise brands, and today we have seven franchise brands. Uh, with over a thousand locations across the country, and we have we've vertically integrated, so we own a lot of the shared services that support our franchisees. And so it's been a it's been a wild, crazy, good ride.
1: <laughs> that is awesome. Um, well, and I think the though you're um, with with complete nutrition, right? Like, it kind of has a, a, a bad in you, but you you were super successful with that. I think it also proves that like you don't have to be. I don't know, like an old person like me, that's like, or, you know, well, I've got, you know, this degree and that degree and this certification that like sometimes just like I, I, that that hunger and that drive to succeed. Um, you, and I'm sure you guys, have, I'm sure with all of your locations, you've got owners that are in their 20s that are super successful. Um, and I think that's one thing I always want to get people to understand, like, you don't have to be like old and gray or bald because your hair all came out. You can be young and not and have that drive to do something yourself, right? So that's that is that that's a fantastic story. I love that. Um and kind of, you know, like you said, even a little dumb luck on how you first just walked in walked in the door. So um all that's led us here with horsepower. And I wanna I don't wanna go in depth on all the brands because that'll take us like seven different podcasts but give us a give us like a quick peek what are the what are the brands that you guys currently have with horsepower
0: yes we, we have a unique acquisition strategy where there are specific requirements on concepts that uh that we, that we want to be in and then have to meet those requirements for us to be interested in so we have seven franchise concepts today the first was mighty dog roofing uh roofing siding windows gutters and now solar Uh, That business has around 400 territories across the country and has been very successful. It's it's now one of the largest roofing companies in North America. Uh, Our second brand was Blingle, which is outdoor lighting. So landscape lighting, event lighting, holiday lighting. Uh, That one's been uh, an absolute rocket ship and a great, really fun brand to work on. Our third brand was iFoam Insulation, which is spray foam insulation blow-in for both residential and commercial. Uh, That's one of my favorites, to be frank. We have Heroes Lawn Care, which is really three franchise brands in one and is geared more towards an absent or semi-absentee investor. And that is uh, uh, pet waste removal, uh, sprinkler repair, as well as fertilization and aeration of the lawn. So the really high margin services. Uh, Then we have Gatsby Glass, which is a premier interior glass company. We have Groovy Hughes Painting, which is exterior and interior painting for both residential and commercial projects. And then Bumblebee Blinds. Uh, Bumblebee blinds are window coverings for both commercial and residential applications. And so uh, those are our seven brands that we've launched and built out. And we should have another two or three brands this year. Nice. Super
1: exciting. And so you've all, for, was this by design that we've kind of stayed within that, uh, essentially kind of that home service realm so far?
0: Yeah, you'll look, it's, it's probably it's probably a good, for me to talk about why we chose, why we, It'll, we have a home service focus. So all of our brands are in the home service sector, but there are some specific requirements. Uh, like we would never look at a, a mosquito concept, for an example. The average unit volume is just not high enough for us. So we want concepts that are, uh, are services that are needed by all, where there's a lot of consumer demand, yet a lot of competition. And we want that competition to be very fragmented because what better place for franchising to really thrive you can leverage a nationally backed yet locally owned company with better systems and processes better lead acquisition strategy and you can compete against the mom and pop in an industry where there's a lot of demand and so when we look at those there's two other things that have to check the box and the first is that we need to be able to recruit labor so for our franchisees we own a recruiting agency that helps them find their labor source if we can't assist them in finding their labor that's something that we would really steer away from our franchisees would, would really wouldn't be able to build as big a business as possible. And then the other is we also own a digital marketing agency. So when we look at driving lead flow from a digital landscape, it's got to be in an industry that we can drive lead flow from the corporate office as well as in the local market. Uh, you know, we looked at some concepts where the only way to drive leads was to go into the market and figure out who owned a commercial building and then figure out what, who that person is, then find them on LinkedIn and then network with them, which isn't necessarily repeatable. So we want large volume based businesses with services needed by all with fragmented competition where we can find the labor and we can find the lead sources for the franchisees.
1: No, I love it. And the a couple of things you talked about, I think are like, the concerns people have right, right away when they start looking at something and like the, the, the competition, like, Oh my gosh, the competition, right? Well, especially in home service, it's number one fragmented. And then if it's mom and pop, it's like, hey, we'll get out there sometime later this week versus, you know, hey, all the technology that, that goes by, somebody coming out, told you we'll be there at 10, we're going to be there at 10 o'clock tomorrow, right? Um, and that usually need a really small percentage of what your your population is as well. Um, but that labor labor force comes up a lot, right? So talk a little bit more about that because I'm sure you guys hear it on your end. We'll hear it with, with, our, with our clients of like, I'd love to do that, but I've never managed somebody that does roofing or glass or insert home service thing here how would i possibly find them how would i possibly know that they're the right person you've brought that in-house to be able to help with people do you run across is that a problem Have you were you able to like always be able to help your owners find find great people based on those inter um services you have like inside horsepower
0: well you know it's interesting so uh you think about a franchisor uh it started out as its own mom and pop business and typically 10 or 20 years ago and how they they finally built their business up to a level where they thought it was repeatable and they could scale using franchising but what they've never done is you know they built up a lot of experience in that industry and then they when they launched their franchise locations across the country in different regions of climates they failed to recognize that most of the franchisees aren't going to have that background so for us at horsepower, we are a little bit unique. We do not want people from the industry that the franchise is in. So like our roofing franchise, none of our franchisees came from the industry. They all came into this with zero experience. And so we want people to work on the business, not in the business. So what we have what we have experienced though is as franchisees try to scale, you know, when you first start a new business with new people in a new industry, it's a lot to manage regardless. Constantly filling the pipeline and, and having somebody in the bullpen waiting to go is always difficult. And for a franchisor, there's a lot of joint employer liability for us to assist with the hiring. So we had to make a significant investment into a third-party company that's for-profit, that's non-affiliated, that can help franchisees identify and hire the right right people around the country. Now, because we own the franchise brand and we own the recruiting company, the recruiting company does this for around a thousand bucks. So you think about a typical recruiting agency would charge you 40% of the Thirty to forty percent of the salary. I mean, we're doing it for pennies compared to the competition, and we do that because it's a service that helps the franchisee find the right people and scale the business to a much higher level. But I, I can't tell you that uh, you know I've and Josh and I had this conversation uh, frequently where we've never had a problem finding people. It's just something that's always been relatively easy for us. But what I think what helps with us is because we have the recruiting agency, we're filling people a lot faster rate. So we're not having necessarily problems finding them, but for the corporate side, we're finding people at a faster pace than when we did it ourselves. So if we need to replace someone, we lose someone, or we just want to scale, the rate at which we're able to find them is so much faster. And so for a franchisee, they can always have that pipeline, and that bullpen built out where they can drive more candidates to, to them to interview.
1: Yeah. And you use the phrase bullpen. I always talk about bench. So you were a baseball guy. I was a basketball guy, probably. Right. So, but it's like that always be hiring aspect of, of a franchise, franchisee um, to make sure. Cause, and again, people think of it from a turnover perspective. Um, Cause I think the mind goes to the fear side of things first. When really you should be like, what if you have so much stinking business you can't keep up? <laughs> right. Um, th- then we don't want to lose business because you don't have. People on, on your bench, in the bullpen, you don't have a pipeline of people you're already talking to for, for those services, right? Because again, all of the things you've got going on marketing are, again, in the businesses you're, you are seeking out to, to bring on our horsepower. Like, you're not, we're not messing around. Like, there's going to be business, there's going to be growth. You talk about the, the lack of industry, not just lack of industry experience, you don't want the industry experience. Cause you want people that are looking to grow big businesses to, to scale. You've got to be constantly hiring and, and looking to build that team. So, uh, the fact that you guys have that is, is amazing. Cause I do, I think a lot of that is just people's fear of kind of the fear of the unknown. I've never hired somebody for X. I've never managed people for X, but you have all of those things in place. Right. So. Hey everyone, I wanted to take a quick break from our podcast to tell you about our amazing friends at Entrepreneur. If you're looking to become a franchisee or simply learn more about business ownership, and guys, let's be honest, you're listening to the Franchising 101 podcast, so we know you have some interest in this. And I really encourage you to go to entrepreneur.com to check out all of their great content and resources. Seriously, Entrepreneur has everything, all the way from a bookstore to the best podcasts, webinars, and videos, plus information on upcoming events and the latest articles that seriously, they cover all aspects of franchising and business ownership. If you're having trouble deciding which franchise is right for you, start with Entrepreneur's renowned Franchise 500 ranking, which highlights the best franchises of 2022. For 45 years and counting now, Entrepreneur has been and continues to be the most widely recognized and respected authority in the franchise market. Digital and print subscriptions are available, so you never miss out on anything. So seriously, what are you waiting for? Go to entrepreneur.com right now and learn more. You talk about the labor, you talk about the kind of the, the marketing piece, um, how are there? We'll talk about some of the shared services, the other things that you're able to have, or how how a my dog roofing owner might be able to, you know, also help a local iPhone or Heroes or whatever. Well, some of the things you guys have in place to help all of those owners really kind of kind of kind of coexist and co mingle and, and use those shared resources.
0: Well, so I guess I'll back up a little bit. Uh, so for horsepower, we're an aggressive growth based company, and I've been the franchisee. And I've been the consultant, and I've been the, uh, or I've been the vendor, the franchisee, and the franchisor. And there's always this triangle relationship where, when something's not working, the franchisee blames the vendor. The vendor then tells the franchisee it's the franchisor's fault. And then tell, the vendor tells the franchisor it's the franchisee's fault. And there's no accountability. And so what we experienced after going through attraction or EOS implementation at the franchisor level is we began to hold all of our vendors accountable, just like a department of the company. And after doing that. What we found is that as we were growing, there was this dilution of support to the franchisees happening, and we really realized this with Redbox firsthand, where you know they were not able to keep up with our growth by by the the, the marketing company wasn't staffing up well enough to be able to support the franchisees. Uh, our first call center, you know, couldn't handle the inbound of leads because they weren't hiring fast enough because they just didn't believe our growth was going to happen that fast, and so that really led us down a path where. To maintain our goal of having 25 concepts by 2025, we knew that we couldn't slow down. So we had to apply not just uh, a monetary amount of capital, but also a a lot of intellectual capital at these very complex problems uh, to create solutions for for our franchisees. So this led us down the path of acquiring the marketing agency, rebranding it, and launching the first ever commission-free franchise digital agency in the country. So the more the franchisees spend, the more it goes back into their markets. Uh, we have a call center that specifically focuses on our brands, where the the reps are all based out of uh, the United States, and they're really trained on the industries as well as horsepower brands and our values. Uh, we have a recruiting agency that helps franchisees find their own people. You know, Tim. So one of the more frustrating things I tell you is that we ordered, I think, 350 F750 chassis from Ford for one of our one of our brands. And also on top of that, I think over 300 different Sprinter van. And uh, both of those orders were canceled. Well, when you're growing aggressively and you can't find equipment, what on earth are you going to do if your vendors cancel the, the purchase orders for you? Well, uh, you know, again, we leveraged some capital. We created a dealership model, hired a team that now goes around the country, identifies vehicles, purchases them, manages the build out, and then gets them to the franchisees. And so... As we look at all of these services, as as we come into a problem, like a, we have a bookkeeping firm at this point that um, that does all of the bookkeeping for the franchisees, that allows us to have proper profitability reporting, so that the franchisees can see profitability metrics across the system. And then we have a data management company, and anal- that does all the analytics that creates dashboard reporting. And as we've scaled, we're trying to figure out what is going to give the franchisees the most amount of value. What's going to give us the most amount of support to scale quickly and do it the right way, which is where for us to be successful, the franchisees have to be successful. And so when you take all those shared services together, there's complete alignment. What if, if it does not work for the franchisees, they're not generating revenue. If they're not generating revenue, we don't make any royalties, which is our sole source of income. And so we're able to drive a lot better services for lower costs to the franchisees and, uh, to your i think getting back to the, the, the one part of your question what's exciting today is that we have what's called our empire builder program and so we have our first franchisee that's about to have their third franchise concept which is their own portfolio they're, they've created their own portfolio under our portfolio so this franchisee has three concepts or uh, about to have their third concept where they're going to build it up and take it to private equity and then sell that for a much higher multiple than if they just had one
1: yeah, that, the, I think that's the the ultimate in scalability. People get, I can have one location or one territory of a franchise. Well, I can have multiple of them. That That's awesome. But you can have multiple brands, right? And especially when you're already within the same system with all of those resources that you talked about are, are, are absolutely amazing. And I want to go back to one thing you talked about on the marketing that I think most people don't realize is a thing is, I mean, if if you're using a third party marketing agency and you're spending $2,000 a month on whatever social media ads, pay-per-click, whatever, well, they're, they're, that's how much you're spending. You're paying them to manage (laughs) that you're paying, you're paying that commission. You guys have just dropped that. That's a significant amount of money over the course of a year, let alone 10 years or more, just that you, you guys have all brought in house, which is fan stinking tastic. So, um, I I love that Um, you have all of these things in place to help owners be successful. Like, do the owners have to do anything? (laughs) Like uh, what are, when you look at, I know it's different for each brand. They're not the doer, right? Is there a common theme in traits in an individual that you're looking for to come into any of the horsepower brands?
0: You know, that's a great question. Uh, You know, we've done personality tests and we've done culture indexes, and there's not any way to determine who's going to be the best performer. But I can tell you what's important to us is that we want to work with people that we enjoy working with, number one. Uh, we do know that optimistic personalities make better business owners. You know, they're focusing their attention on uh, the positives and growing the business versus all the stuff that's going wrong. So they tend to lean more towards high payoff activities. I think when you look at what we're doing at Horsepower, we're an aggressive growth, uh, thick-skinned, uh, fast-paced company as a franchisor, and you know our franchisees have to be somewhat aligned with that. Uh, I think of the one of the biggest things that we have done f- as a franchisor to improve, or I don't, I don't want to say improve success rates, but uh, when we looked back over the last five years of you know all the low performers that we that we had to have conversations with. What were some of the common themes or common issues? And I remember on almost every call, I've been through two traction for U.S. implementations today. And it's been, it's been a, everyone's been a humbling experience. As we went through the, as I went through that, there were certain things that I knew that were necessary in business. And so one of the first questions, or the first questions I asked a low performer, I was like, can you pull up the scorecard or the metrics that you're tracking week over week for performance so we can see what you're looking at and the answer would be that they typically don't do that or they're not measuring anything they're just checking the bank account or the, the crm every day so that's an issue the second would be uh that uh, i'd say well what day of the what day of the week do you meet with your team to review performance discuss issues and solve those issues so that i can attend one to, to see what's going on and say so, oh we don't meet regularly we just typically you know we see each other every day so we talk then and so as we looked back at that, we realized that we were not doing enough to give franchisees the proper foundation or structure to start their business off correctly. So we now implement traction all the way down at the franchisee level, where they get a scorecard of all of the metrics they should follow and, and track. They, should, they get an oral chart of who to hire, what are the key measurables of accountability or performance for those individuals they're going to hire. We do their vision traction organizer, which is their business structure. We help them with their first year revenue goals. We even bring an implementer into the process to train them how to run proper meetings and even have a software they do it all on. And what I can tell you is this, is that you cannot eliminate the psychological stress of owning a business. It, I don't think you'll ever get rid of that. But everyone buys a business for a purpose. And, we're, and that could be monetary or, or uh, could be for their children. But I can tell you that since we implemented this traction at the franchisee level, our franchisees are getting off the ground. With uh, more revenue, and they're doing it at a much faster pace. But what 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 I think is important is they're they're getting there with less stress. And if you can get people to their financial goals as quickly as possible with the least amount of resistance and stress, that is the goal of any franchisor, I believe. And so, if you take what we've learned, we're trying to push this into franchising to get more franchisors on top of this because franchising needs other franchisors to be successful too. But uh, over ninety percent of our franchisees are first-time business owners, and this has been one of the best things that we have ever done in the last five to ten years. Support franchisees
1: because it, it, it's all part of the, the the structure, right? And it's the it's not it's it's not traction. I'm trying to think of the business book. It's probably behind you, um, but it's the 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 phrase. It's gradual, then it's all of a sudden,
0: right? Get a grip. let get a grip. Traction.
1: But the, no. but again, it's like things slip, and they, they slip, they slip, they slip, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, holy crap. And if you're not looking at those, and again, I think sometimes people come out of the corporate world and they're a little over the corporate lingo, but some of it is there for a reason. And and what what are your KPIs? What are your metrics? What you, Like, what's your scoreboard? And you've got to be able to see those things every single day. And to be able to, again, add, add that into people, is, I think you guys are, from my experience and certainly talking to you today, like very aware of what's working and what's not. And when something's not working, fixing it versus going, no, no, that's on, that's on you. Right. Or sticking your head in the sand. Cause we all know people or businesses or franchises that will, that will do that. So kudos to you guys for like taking all of those steps to, again, like not mess it around. You're coming in here as an owner of a horsepower brand. You're, you're going to, you're going to have that success. You're going to, there's always stress, right. But you're, you're in control of it, but we're going to limit that, make the money. But, but at the, you know, and, and I know, you know, this, that time aspect, right. Of controlling your time as a franchise owner, have it rather than it being controlled by working, working for somebody else. Right. So um, super cool, man. What's, um? and I know you are very, very busy. So I appreciate you, taking time to join us today and definitely want to get uh, some of your team back on to, I don't know, I'll, drop, I'll, I'll put all the horsepower brands names in a hat. and I'll draw one out. We'll, we'll have them come back on first, but um, anything else you would like to share with us that we haven't talked about today? And this is a loaded question about horsepower brands that maybe we haven't talked about.
0: Well, we're a very unique organization. So uh, you know, at this point, uh, I don't know if the, uh, there's a database, but, we've built more emerging brands than anyone in history uh, to our knowledge. So we've now built nine brands from basically one location to beyond a hundred. And so uh, when you think about joining an emerging brand, you typically get, you know, the innovator type personality or friends and family. And what's exciting is that we're taking really sophisticated, well-capitalized business owners that are, that are now buying these emerging brands. And so everyone knows in franchising that the best practices Uh, get developed by franchisees they're the ones eating sleeping and living every day i mean we're just seeing this exponential i mean it's exponentially evolving where one franchisee comes with the best practice and it's happening so much faster because of the type of cans we're getting which makes us special but because we have i think more experience with the emerging brands we're getting better franchise candidates and because we're getting better cans we're having a more aggressive growth and that really led us down the path of having to vertically integrate a lot of the shared services and so, there's not many or any any other concepts out there that have really taken that type of leap to uh, uh, to provide you know a superior level of support to their franchisees. But uh, we're not for everybody. You know, we're pretty selective on who we work with. We want to make sure that you know over the ten year journey of we that we work with franchisees that it's an enjoyable experience for not just them but for us too. And so, uh, if you haven't had the chance to uh, talk to our franchisees or get in our process, it's fairly unique. No, super. Cool. Well,
1: and you, you talk about the, the some of the best practices will come from franchisees well, only if the franchisor will listen, right? And and be open to the fact that maybe they don't know everything about everything. So again, could, kudos to you guys for that, because uh, again, you, you and I both know that that doesn't happen. And part of I know your, your, your story and your why is behind horsepower or to, again, make sure that, that you are creating that experience for everybody. So super cool, man, Zach, I appreciate uh, you, you coming on and joining us today.
0: I appreciate you having me, man. It's just exciting. Uh, uh, you've been doing this a long time. So I know that you have a lot of trust out there with people.
1: Well, cool, man. No, I appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we can, uh, we'll, we'll get, we'll get, we'll get offline and try to figure out which, uh, which, which horsepower brand we need to come on and give uh give the total spotlight to. but. Um, as, as always, my friend, good talking to you. Thanks so much for, for joining us today. And for all of our loyal podcast listeners, as always, thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you'd like to learn more uh, about potentially becoming a franchise owner, um, learn a little bit more about this, reach out to us, francoach.net, franchising101podcast.net. Again, there's never any fee for our service. So we encourage you to take that first step today towards creating your better tomorrow. Thanks, everybody, and have a great rest of your day.
0: Thanks for listening to Francoach's Franchising 101 podcast, where our ultimate goal is to help educate you on all things franchising so you can create your better tomorrow.